Lindsay Theory, you're in Southern California now, but if you could take us back to AFC wildcard weekend last season in Florida, of all places, the Los Angeles Chargers are taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. What's the scene like going into halftime of that game? Going into halftime, it was a total blowout. Braden Staley and the Chargers had come out with an incredible defensive game plan. They had played out of their minds. And here's your play action, and it's a quick throw. Tipped up in the air and intercepted. Joey Bosa got his mitt on it, and Drew Tranquil has it still on his feet to the 20. Oh, the second play of the game is a turnover, and the Bolts are in business. Sante Samuel Jr., three interceptions. Passes out, and that, I think, is picked off. The third interception for Asante Samuel Jr. This team was absolutely rolling, of course. Shotgun snap, Herbert to pass. To the end zone, caught, Everett, touchdown, Chargers! All the Chargers need to do is come out in the second half and just play solid football, and they're walking into the next round. You could feel the energy. The, the Jags fans were absolutely silenced. As the Chargers walked off at halftime, I remember in the press box, it's like your game story is basically done, right? Hey. Like this is a blowout, this thing. It just felt like the Chargers were in total command. What happened in the second half? The Chargers started with the ball, so that seemed like the perfect recipe to pick up where they left off and keep it rolling. Instead, they were forced to punt and the Jags marched down the field on the ensuing possession and scored a touchdown. Trevor looking, looking, looking. Fires toward the back of the end. The ball's going to be caught for the touchdown. Marvin Jones Jr. for the score. You could just feel uh, the momentum shift. And, you know, the fans came back in it. And on the Chargers sideline, you didn't see panic, but you definitely saw something like, what just happened to our offense? What happened to our defense? The Jags came out and they had a spark. Trevor looking. Fires deep downfield. Got a man wide open. They don't in the end zone. Touchdown, Jaguars! The Jags just dominated the second half. It was incredible to watch Trevor Lawrence. He was completely unfazed by how many errors, how many mistakes they made in the first half. And nothing seemed to go the Chargers' way. I mean, that was completely epitomized, right, by Joey Bosa uh -huh. as he slammed his helmet down in frustration. That's right. You know, if you look at that play again, I thought false start. I don't know. We were talking. That's uh, Joey Bosa throwing his helmet. But we were talking about this yesterday, and I'm sure that's what Bosa's complaining about. His coach bends over, picks it up, hands it to him. He slams it down again. And you just think this is total chaos. I know, like, in the press box, you could feel it. Joey Bosa says, you know, you could kind of feel in this sense this thing is snowballing. It's getting out of control. And so often in sports, we talk about momentum. And the momentum was completely gone for the Chargers. It had completely shifted. And you could feel that. It's, it's amazing what a tangible feeling that became inside that building as frantically upstairs if we're <laughs> hitting delete, 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 rewriting two versions of your story, realizing like, this is the Chargers, that this is happening. Um, and it was almost just like in slow motion right up to the very end when they kicked that game-winning field goal. And it was just total mayhem on the Jag side. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! Good! 
won it. The Jaguars have won it. They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and move on. And on the Chargers side, I just remember watching Asante Samuel Jr., who had the three picks Mm -hmm. early in the game. He just fell to the ground and just held his head in his hands. And they were just frozen, if stunned, and, and obviously very upset when that thing ended. And they let a 27 to nothing lead slip away. Well, Lindsay, that loss last year, it's not the first stunning disappointment in Chargers history. In fact, it almost feels like a trend or maybe a curse that's dogged this franchise throughout its history. It's known as chargering. It's a term that is used around the organization. I've heard Brandon Staley say it. They acknowledge that it's a thing that's out there, that it exists, and they are trying so hard to get away from that. Um, He has said multiple times to me, like, that is a thing of the past. That is not something that we're about anymore. But you did see it obviously creep in because there's no reason they should have lost that game. Like, how do you describe that other than just completely surrendering what was nearly a sure thing. You know, whether they're missing kicks, whether it's Philip Rivers botching a kneel down, they're just reoccurring instances of things just going completely haywire at the most inopportune times that cost them. Um, It's just going to be a stigma that continues to stick with this organization. You can't consider the Chargers a boring NFL franchise, not with names like Dan Fouts, Junior Seau, and LaDainian Tomlinson in their history. They're not bottom dwellers, winning their division frequently and often making the playoffs, even appearing in Super Bowl XXIX. Heck, even the logo and colors are pretty fan-friendly. But there's something about this team, a dark cloud that hangs over them, one that often leaves them lying face down at the end of the day, victory snatched from their fingertips. So today... Lindsay Theory describes that cloud, provides its name, Chargering, and tells us how this team can get rid of it once and for all. I'm Israel Gutierrez. It's Wednesday, August 16th. This is ESPN Daily. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time, or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, Lindsay, for those who aren't as familiar with this Chargers history and maybe just experienced it last playoffs, Talk to me about this very long history of chargering. How far back does this even go? 
what an interesting kind of research project this was. I huh. talked with Dan Fouts, hmm. uh, their great quarterback in the 70s and 80s. I asked about the term, if he was familiar with it. And he looked at me and he sighs and he goes, yeah, I'm familiar with it. I'm responsible for part of it. <laughs> and I thought, the great Dan Fouts, you're responsible for part of it. Okay. Went back and looked, right? He took them to several playoff appearances. And then I look at his performances and all these games are just riddled with interceptions. So as great as Dan Fouts is, he's a Hall of Famer. You look at his postseason and it doesn't equate to what he did in the regular season. So I see why he thinks he's responsible for part of it. But then you fast forward, 2004, 2009, those are both seasons when they should have gone deep into the playoffs. And then all of a sudden you have a kicker, Nate Kading, who was sensational throughout the season, both times. And then in the playoffs, what does he do? He goes out there and he just completely... I, the, the word chokes, it's it's drastic, but he does. He chokes. Now this field goal, a must. It's from 40. That's the yardage he missed against the Jets in the playoff overtime game back in 2004. And this now to get him within seven. Kading, this is it. And he is wide right, his third miss of the day. His first three miss game of his career. And it's just a wild turn of events for teams that otherwise during the season were outstanding. Okay, so there's a few charging situations post-Dan Fouts. You touched on a couple of them ending in Nate Kading misses. There are some sort of signature failures. You had the Chargers team that was 14-2 and two going into a playoffs against the New England Patriots. What did they do in that game? Oh, 2006. The Marlin-McCree game. That is how that is titled in a headline when I spoke with everybody about that. Um, basically, Marlon McCree intercepted a pass by Tom Brady late in the game, 625 remaining. Brady throws in and is intercepted for the third time. Returned the ball, and then... When the ball comes out, Troy Brown reached in there and knocked the ball loose. Can you believe it? New England recovers. All Marlon McCree needed to do was take a knee and give his team the time to grind down on the clock. And instead, mm -hmm. the Patriots get the ball back. Of course, Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does. Fake to Dylan. Brady works, finds open his receiver, and it's Rashad Caldwell coming back to San Diego and catching the touchdown. It comes down to a field goal, 54 yards. So this one, you can't really blame on a kicker, uh -huh. but they, they missed the field goal and the uh, Patriots go on to win. And it's a total mental error that cost that 2006 team in a massive way. And talking with Antonio Gates about it, he just, he told mm -hmm. me he remembers being at the Pro Bowl that year and looking around and he's got 11 Chargers players right. at the Pro Bowl. And he's just thinking like, oh my gosh, we should have been at the Super Bowl. Yeah, you think of those names, the Ladanian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, you think, man, that team should have had deeper playoff runs and they just didn't. There's a couple more examples of Chargering that kind of come to mind. You had 2011 mm -hmm. regular season where Phillip Rivers fumbled the snap on a kneel down and then the Chiefs went on to win that game. Rivers fumbles the snap. He fumbles the snap. There was a pile up at the 16-yard line. A fumble center to quarterback exchange about the only hope Kansas City has. Kansas City's got the football. I think my absolute favorite is one that has a name. It kind of sounds like the beginning of a limerick. Hey, diddle, diddle, Ray Rice up the middle in 2012. What happened there? 
Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was researching this game and looking back on it. And Ray Rice uh, named the play himself, uh, 2012, fourth and 29. A minute 59 to go. This is your ball game for Baltimore. Flacco in the pocket. Dump off. Rice has some room, but can he really get to that first down line? Rice stays on his feet. Oh, Ray Rice! Incredible! He needed 29 yards, and he got 30. There was nothing but daylight down in the middle of the field. Fourth and 29, why would a running back be able to convert that? Uh, he just took off right down the middle of the field, and the Chargers go on to lose. And again, like its own headline, like these games aren't just bad losses. They're games that come down in like infamy right. where players are able to name the headline. The fans, when you talk to them, are like, oh, what about the hey diddle diddle game? Um, and that's it. Like if you have a, a wide open opening like that to, to, to run down and convert fourth and 29, pretty bad loss. Yeah. And nationally, it's a team that hasn't made very many conference championships, haven't made many Super Bowls. So maybe the feeling of chargering isn't as strong for the rest of the country. But how has it manifested itself in Southern California around this team at this time? Yeah, in Southern California, like they're just known as a team that they're in it every year. This is not to say this is a bad organization that feels bad rosters that's never been there. Mm -hmm. Like what's painful, what has become known to be so painful for Chargers faithful is that this is a team that year after year has had the talent. They've had Phillip Rivers. They've had Dan Fouts. Now they have Justin Herbert. They have the quarterbacks. They've had the running backs. They have star defensive players. And yet something happens that just keeps them from realizing uh, what's their potential greatness. After the break, what will it take for this iteration of the Chargers to end chargering once and for all? Delicious meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Okay, Lindsay, I want to circle back to a player we mentioned at the top of the show, Joey Bosa, who's been one of the best edge rushers in the league throughout his seven seasons in the NFL. But he's also seen the Chargers blow 21 fourth quarter leads in that span. He's come from Ohio State, one of the most storied college programs 
in the nation with a rich history of winning. So he's used to winning. But what did he have to say about the differences between the cultures at Ohio State and then here with the Chargers? It was really interesting. The day after the loss, cleaning out the locker, Joey Bosa was very blunt. You know, he said, when I played at Ohio State, there was just a mentality that we can't lose. Mm -hmm. He said, it's a culture, it's a mindset that they have to get to. Um, This is when he, of course, said that when things go wrong, they let it snowball. And even he... Joey Bosa, a great Pro Bowl edge rusher, has this sense of doom that creeps in. And it's because, right, he's watched it happen so many times before. And so that is a mentality that just must change. And that's the biggest question, really, is how do you get that to change? Well, it might seem entirely unfair just to label their team by the second half in the playoffs because in 2022, they did have a little bit of a comeback from sort of an injury-plagued early portion of the year. They'd had J.C. Jackson sign. They traded for Khalil Mack. They had Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But what happened? What fell apart early on? This all happened very quickly into the season. Justin Herbert fractured his ribs, uh, his Pro Bowl left tackle, um, ruptured his biceps tendon. He is put on IR for the season. Joey Bosa, same game, tore his groin. So all of a sudden, your Mac-Bosa duo is down to only Mac. Then Keenan Allen has a hamstring issue that he's dealing with. Uh, I believe it was week seven, J.C. Jackson, your star cornerback, who'd already been struggling, hadn't played up to his potential. Mm -hmm. He blows out his knee. He's put on IR. And then you have this situation where Mike Williams, their star receiver, gets a high ankle sprain. So together, him and Keenan Allen hardly played the season at all together. It came to a point where this was crazy, but in week 10, they only had three healthy defensive linemen. So this was something that completely struck their entire team, and it it happened quickly, and it was pretty drastic. It just felt as these injuries continued to mount, and their star players continued to just sit on the sideline, you thought, okay, well, this season is just going to be a wash. Like, chalk it up to a lost season to injuries. Maybe they'll reload again. Maybe they'll bring these guys back for next year. But it was so interesting to watch because they kept finding a way to kind of claw their way through it. Uh, They ended up 6-6, and and you're like, okay, this isn't too bad for a team with so many injuries. And then out of nowhere, with two weeks to play in the season, they somehow clinched a playoff berth without several of their star defensive players, including Derwin James, who also was out because of a quad injury. And you thought, okay, like they made it through this to the point where they actually will start to get some of these star players back and and just maybe they'll go into the playoffs really kind of hitting their stride and, and healthy. Yeah, and it makes that second half against Jacksonville that much more painful because yeah. it seemed to be going all in one direction. But... I do want to talk to you about coach Brandon Staley and where he fits in into all of this, not just chargering and his responsibility for it, but what he has to say about the term and the feeling around the team. He hates the term. (laughs) Uh, He told me, quote, I resent the term. I reject it. None of us who are here are built like that. He told me emphatically what happened in that game in Jacksonville was not chargering. He said we simply faded I would agree to disagree likely with him on that. But he has really emphasized that since he has been there, they have worked so hard to change the culture. By doing that, you must bring in the correct people. Uh, You must bring in people who know how to win, who know what it takes. And he really has emphasized as he tries to put 
Chargers history in the past that that's exactly where it is and that right. the Brandon Staley era is finding a way to move forward to redefine what it means to be a Charger, which to them hopefully means, you know, a lot of success. Well, he's talking in a lot of general terms, addressing another term that he doesn't like and frankly doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things, Chargering. But in terms of X's and O's, what has been the criticism of Brandon Staley and again, his part in just sort of some of these collapses? Sure. Well, I think one of the easy um, things to blame and to point at Brandon Staley is just his defense. Mm. He came from the Rams, where in 2020, he produced the number one defense as, as the coordinator. Of course, he had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And so when he moved to the Chargers, you expect for him to produce a top defense. And their defense has struggled to figure it out, whether that be because of injuries, whether that be because of um, fits for this scheme and whatnot. They just haven't produce at the level they needed. Obviously, we did see that start to take shape at the end of last season. We right. saw uh, a very strong defensive game plan, at least in the first half there against the Jaguars. So that's been one area to, to kind of point to Brandon Staley. The other area, yeah. obviously, is his offense. Despite having Justin Herbert, who has an arm that can go absolutely the distance, it just was a completely stagnant system scheme they never looked downfield. They never really kind of pushed the ball to be explosive. And so really that also falls on Brandon Staley. And of course, he made the change this year. He fired Joe Lombardi. He brought in Kellen Moore with the goal that we need to change this. We need to be an explosive offense that can score points, um, something they obviously didn't do in the second half against the Jaguars and something that if they had just been able to do, obviously score one touchdown, uh, they would be probably looking back at last season in a much different way. Are we going to be able to notice the differences in Kellen Moore's offense? What are the big changes that we'll see? Absolutely. Uh, it's been very apparent in training camp. Hmm. Last year, it was just like dink and dunk pass, um, short out routes. Uh, in two weeks of training camp, I've seen more deep completions than I saw all of training camp last year, all of probably last season, I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but uh, yeah. this offense is really now being built to score points, score fast if need be, and to really play to Justin Herbert's strengths, which, which is his arm. Well, we talked about Dan Fouts taking some responsibility for the beginning of Chargering. All eyes are going to be on Justin Herbert on the field. What can we expect from him this season? What should we expect from him this season now that there is a more wide open offense for him. Yeah, I think we should expect to see a lot from him. Not only is there a more wide open offense with Kellen Moore calling the plays, but Justin Herbert came into camp, well, he came into camp with $262 million like extra in his <laughs> pocket. That never hurts. But he's in his fourth season and everybody around him, coaches, teammates, they have really all talked about just like this growth, this jump that they're seeing hmm. during this training camp. And what he's seeing in defense is what he's diagnosing, what he's shaking off, what he's taking command of on the offense. So I think, you know, as the progression of a quarterback goes in, in their career, like this is a big year, a big jump for Justin to really connect with Kellen Moore, to take this explosive offense, to take his growing knowledge of what he sees on an NFL field and take that next step. And, and for them, that would be to win a playoff game in, in advance. So I, I think it's actually really shaping up to be a big season for Justin Herbert. He has all the personal statistics, all the personal milestones, but it seems that he's really growing into kind of a more vocal leader and somebody who's taking command of the offense. 
So Joey Bosa, he's talked about needing to change the culture. Brandon Staley said that charging is a thing of the past. And we see Justin Herbert, he's ready to lead the team into the future. So ultimately, whose job is it to put charging to bed for good? I asked several people in the franchise. I do want to point out that um, Brandon Staley and the general manager, Tom Telesco, don't really think it's a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brandon Staley did acknowledge that, uh, you know, to change a culture like Joey Bosa mentioned at Ohio State, it's something that takes time. Tom Telesco said he didn't feel that cloud. He doesn't feel that doom. But as far as whose job it is, if it does exist to change it, Joey Bosa told me that it's everybody's job. It's not Mm -hmm. one single person. It's a collective group. He says that it's something that they're going to have to talk about throughout the year and just be mentally prepared for. Dan Fouts, I asked him about it. He says it takes a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work. And he really emphasized that if this team can get through this division, which is incredibly challenging um, with the Kansas City Chiefs, (laughs) that they will have kind of been battle-hardened and they will have the um, mental toughness to really kind of grind through the the postseason. Well, Lindsay, I can't decide if the Chargers are a team that can't wait for the season to start so they can get rid of the memory of their last game or are a team that is anticipating more chargering so they're kind of not looking forward to what's to come. But I did want to ask you, A, what are the realistic projections for this team and what has to happen for this team to end its season and us not be talking about them chargering? They are ecstatic. I just want to be very clear. They're very ecstatic to play a football game (laughs) and have people hopefully never mention to them this playoff loss again. Of course, (laughs) it uh, probably will come up again Mm -hmm. if they do uh, earn a playoff berth. But in order for them to do that, really, I mean, this roster again is built to go to the playoffs, if not make a really deep playoff run. They return nearly everybody who was there a year ago. And for me, their potential is to at least earn an AFC championship berth. That is going to be a tough hurdle year in and year out as long as Patrick Mahomes is there. But to me, when I look at this roster, it's like that's the minimum of where they should be. And then to beat those guys, right, it's cliche, but it's anybody's game. They've done it in the past. They can do it again. But it is going to take them putting behind like any sense of doom, any sense of, okay, something went wrong. We're going to let this snowball. Yeah. They can't do that. It, to me, it's a mental game for this team because physically they have all of the talent. They have all of the pieces. It's just mentally, they need to get beyond something bad happening yeah. and they must live this charging thing down. Well, they have a clean slate just like everyone else in the league. And so maybe this is the season that the Chargers finally do redefine Chargering once and for all. Lindsay Theory, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. I'm Israel Gutierrez. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.